My wife stood in a local airport, small airport. Her husband had just taken up a hobby of skydiving. She had warned him. The time had elapsed when he should have returned from his first solo jump. Long elapsed. She stood there with a sense of dread coming over her. She was near hysterics, worrying what had happened to her husband. There, in the long corridor of that little airport, came the pilot of the plane who made his way to her. The look on his face was not that great. He said, ma'am, I have some bad news. I also have some good news. Then I have some more bad news. And then I have some good news. She goes, oh, my goodness, just please tell me what is going on. I'm scared out of my mind. And he says, well, the bad news is your, your husband did fall out of the plane. The good news is he had his parachute on. Now, ma'am, he said, the bad news is he hit the ground before it opened. Just the blood just came right out of her face. He said, but there is some good news. Uh, the plane had yet to take off. <laughs> Whew, I feel so much better. I, uh, I told that joke on a recording for Christmas morning. I was standing back there, and there was an intern standing here. We're the only two people, I think, in the city of Highlands at the moment, and nobody laughed. And I thought, I think that's a pretty good story. I'm going to try it in a real person. The point is, there's all kind of news coming at us all the time. Some good, some bad. But this year, oh my goodness, this time of year, when you start looking at the birth of Jesus Christ, good tidings, huh? Good news. There's nothing but good news. That's what I like about this time of year. I don't have time for bad news. I only have time for good news. And having said that, let's look at this good news. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It goes like this. So it was that while they were there, speaking of Mary and Joseph, the days were completed for her to be delivered, to deliver. And she brought forth her first son, capital S, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's break it down a little bit. So it was. Those words are so accurate. So it was. Saying just in those three simple words, it was. It did actually happen. It actually was a historic event. The young boy was born in a manger. He was born in Bethlehem as Micah prophesied. He was born in an unusual way from the seed of a woman prophesied in Genesis 3.15. Just besides those two prophecies, there's nearly 998 others that were fulfilled. It was. So it was. It actually happened. We're not talking about a fable or folklore, 
or a story or a legend. We're not talking about tradition. This actually happened. It happened following an edict that everyone should return to their home of origin, as did Joseph, and it happened 2,000 years ago, give or take, in that town. I've, I've been to that town. I've been to the shepherd fields many times. I've been in the caves. I've seen where this actually took place. With the mountains of Moab and Jordan on one side and the rest of Jerusalem on the other, it actually happened. So it was. So it was. It was actually recorded in the Bible. If, if you're here this morning and you have some sort of uh, sentiment that this is some sort of uh, manufactured story, so sorry to disappoint you, but there's so many intricate details that are even interwoven one to another through multiple authors of the Scripture over hundreds, if not uh, over a thousand years. We're not talking about happenstance here. We're talking about so it was. It took place. He was not some hysterical figure. He was a historic figure. In time and place, in this realm, in time and space, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. There it is. So it was. Luke, inspired by the Spirit of God, wrote those very words and how very true they were in our today. So it was that while they were there, while they were there, they just didn't happen to be there, they were ordained to be there. There was a sovereign assignment to be there at the exact moment that she would deliver a baby. We're not talking, we're talking about tra having traveled 85 miles, likely on a donkey, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, six, seven miles outside of Jerusalem. And so it was that they were, that while they were there, something happened. God sovereignly had been looking forward to this moment since the Garden of Eden. Talk about patience. Ecclesiastes 3 and 2, there's a time to be born, and this was his time. Right? This was his time. And there's a time to die, and that too was his time. He only died after the very prophecies that were said to come and be fulfilled had been fulfilled from casting lots for a seamless robe to hanging him on a cross to, to someone picking up his cross, being forsaken by the Father, Psalm 22. Every prophecy that got him to Bethlehem and every prophecy between Bethlehem and Cal Calvary had been fulfilled at its right time uh, in both locations in history and time and space he was born. James 5, 13 and 14 says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go to such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Right? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. We make plans on the calendar. We make appointments. We're going to get our teeth clean. We're going to get our eyes checked. We're going we're to get a contractor to come over within the next 90 days. We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to figure something out, we're going to take out a loan at the bank, we're going to make a mortgage, whatever it is we're going to do, we do it, but ultimately, if there's anything sovereign that keeps any of that from happening, it will not happen. Many are the plans of a man's heart, Proverbs says, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. There it is. We are at the beck and call of a sovereign God. We live our lives with the freedom and the freedom of choice that we have, but ultimately, if there's anything sovereign that cannot happen in our life, it's not going to. 
So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered or to deliver a baby. I don't pretend to know, come on, all of the things that happen in a woman's mind, heart, physical body, in preparation for delivery. My brain wouldn't be able to understand it if I did know. I mean, that is such a specialized, God-ordained <laughs> uh, calling to give birth to another human being out of your body. I don't have the brain nor the synapses <laughs> nor the capacity to understand the multiple dimensions of what that actually entails. Don't pretend to. Luke is a doctor, and he doesn't really know either. But I know this, there's got to be some emotional preparation, right? You have to emotionally get ready to give birth. I, I think the first emotion I would experience is absolute fear. I, I don't know. But emotionally, you got to get ready. You got to get your house ready. You got to get your body ready. You got to get your mind ready. You got to get your details ready. You got to make the calendar right. You got to get the right doctor, midwife, whatever it is you're doing, the right location. You got to have a confidence. You got to get reading. You got to learn things if it's your first birth. You're going to get with other women and figure out what to expect. But there's a whole lot of preparation. The days were completed. In the days that Mary was about to give birth, she had to have talked to a few people, took in some notes, figured out what this was going to be all about. If you didn't notice, she's got a little bit of a responsibility here. The savior of the world is going to come from her. Now, there's political, geopolitical things that have to happen here. There's travel. There's getting the relationship with Joseph together to have this and make this happen. There's angelic instruction and encouragement as the days were completed for her to be delivered. She's going to enter into uh, giving birth to Jesus Christ. There it is. Matthew 24, 6 and 8. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all things are the beginning of birth pains. So there's the physicality of giving birth to a child, okay? There's one form of readiness. Now there's a global, worldwide uh, ordination of preparation of things that must take place in a sequential order in which actually the end of the world will come. And Jesus likens that to birth pain. So what he's saying here is there's a number of things that have to happen in a sequence they need to happen. There's an interplay between them and mankind. There's an interplay between the events. Whatever the case may be, once those things are, have come to pass, then we can get on with it. Same thing with giving birth. When Angie and I had our first baby, it's the two words I was listening for. I mean... We went through the walking, you know, let's go for a walk. I didn't know what to expect. What, what do I do? But what I wanted to hear from her was two words. It's time. Those two words right there, it's time. 
set off a series of events, especially for a first-time father, sets off a series of events that hopefully you're prepared for. Although I had prepared and done my homework and done the exercises and went to the classes, and when I started to enact what I learned in the class, she looked at me like I was crazy. But it's time. Now, when, when it's time, hey man, it's time. You've got to do what you know you need to do. It's time. What, sh- what if someone said to you to- today, like, it's time for you? What would, what would you say after that? It's time, blank. All right, well, I'm not suggesting you have a baby. But if I said to you or God said to you, hey, it's time, what would he mean by that? How would you follow up this it's time phrase? It's time to what? What would you think? I mean, you pray to him, don't you? You know him, you read about him, you share him, you worship him. What if he said to you, hey, it's time? What would your response be? Well, the first response would probably be, time for what? It's time for what? But let's say you gave it some thought. What would it be time for, for you? It's gonna be different for you and different for me. But the Spirit of God says to you this morning, it's time, and you've been prepared, and it's going to come to pass, what would he have in mind for you? Think about it. Are you close enough to him to put into context everything that's happened here recently in your life, in your interaction with him, your dialogue with him, your request of him, his request of you? It seems like we should be able to answer that question. It's time. For some of you, if he said to you today, hey, it's time, you would know immediately what he's talking about and you would go right into action. You know what he's talking about because it's a dream that he, you've asked him to fulfill. It's a calling that you've asked him to put on your life. It's a release from, from uh, your vocation. It's a release from the area. It's something. It's, it's time to write a book. It's time to do this. It's time to reconcile. What is your it's time? It's a fair question. Because if he says it to you, what, what you don't want is, I have absolutely no idea what he's talking about. Because then the it's time becomes a delayed time. What has he been preparing you for? What is he asking of you? Is it time to let go of something, time to pick something up? Is it time to stop doing something, or is it time to ravenously start doing something? What is it? You have a friendship with him, you should know. If you said it's time, would it be more for you as a couple or more for you as an individual? It's time. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, And now it's time. I think each and every one of us should have some idea what that would be. Maybe we have to ask him and confirm it. Maybe we need to confirm it with someone else, but you should know. It's time for me to do something. Let me give you some suggestions what it could be. It's time. Time to what? It's time to stop carrying something of which you can no longer keep to yourself. It's time to take something out of you and put it out into the open with someone trustworthy because iron sharpens iron and you've demonstrated going solo on this one issue isn't really working. It's time.
It's time, possibly, to shore up your, your identity in Christ and stop being unduly influenced by the world. It's time. It's time, possibly, to act upon that burden you've been carrying. It's time to carry a burden that you haven't been carrying. It's time to reconcile with somebody We've procrastinated long enough. It's time. I've readied you for it. I've prepared you for it. I've gotten you to this place. Now it's time. It's time to give birth to something new and living in your life. It's time. What is that? Uh, a new way of approaching God, a new way of enjoying God, a new way of understanding God, a new way of understanding the Scripture. There's some new and living way out there, and it's time for you to seize it. It's time to get off the sofa. It's time to get out there in the world with your ministry. I don't know what your time is, but it's one of these. It's time to start praying a little bit differently, a little more strategically. It's time to travel. It's time to rest. What is it? What does he want you to do? It's time to stop having a problem with so-and-so. It's time to stop having a problem with authority. It's a time to stop having a problem with men or with women. It's time. Come on. What do you want them to do? Linger, linger, linger? Ad nauseum? Because the sooner we seize the it's time, the sooner we give birth to something. Although it may even be painful, nonetheless, it will be living. It will be fruitful. It will bring great tidings of joy and peace to you in your life. What is it? I can think of no better season than the holidays when hopefully, oh gosh, I hope, I hope we slow down long enough that we can hear better than we do when we don't and we may know how to answer that question. It's time. It's time for what? Is it time to get married? Is it time to maybe develop a different mindset? What are we waiting for? It's time. Come on. Fill in the blank. It's time for me to, maybe it's time for you to start bringing people together. Maybe it's time for you to start bringing people together. Maybe it's time for you and I to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Maybe it's time to build somebody up. Maybe it's time to facilitate a reconciliation. Maybe it's time uh, to end the self-defeating talk, the self-condemnation. Maybe it's time to end confusion. Maybe it's time to simplify. Maybe it's time to think of God a little bit bigger than our problems. Maybe, maybe it's time to celebrate. Maybe it's time to worship. It's time, my friend, it's time. Know, know, know your Kairos moment. Know your Kairos moment. You're in a season of what? You're doing what? It's time for you to get out there and engage with people. It's time not to stay home. It's time to stop grieving. It's time to start grieving. It's time for something. 
And it's not something you're going to find on your calendar. It's not going to put something you put in there. It's time to set some good, measurable, repeatable goals for your life. It's time to put 22 behind us and look at a whole new year of ministry in your life. What is it? It's time to love a little bit more. It's time to be a little bit more affectionate. It's time to be more consistent in communicating with your grandchildren. It's time to tell the truth. It's time to confess, time to repent, I don't know. But it's time for something. Hey, listen, it's not time for nothing. See, the day is coming when no man can work. Night is coming. When this thing ends, it's not time for nothing. See, rest is not nothing. Rest is something. Idleness is nothing. It's time to get a different perspective. It's time to stop complaining. I know it's time to stop complaining. Complaining is an affront to the face of God. Do all things without arguing or complaining. Set an example for the believers in speech and love. It's not time to complain. It's time to always to be gratified, have gratitude. It's time to start keeping some people out of your life and start allowing some to come in. It's time for some good, healthy boundaries. Yeah, it's time. It's time for something. It may be time to talk less and listen more. It may be time to talk more and listen less. I don't know where you're at, but I'm assuming that you, my friend, should be fairly informed, if not an expert, on your own self and your own God and your own interaction. And if not in the next few moments, certainly by the end of the day or the end of the week, you ought to know how to fill in what follows its time. You ought to, as should I. It's time. Maybe it's time to laugh more and be more like a kid. Maybe it's time for simplicity, not complexity. I'll go for that. I like the simplicity of Jesus. I like his pace. I like his rhythm. I like his candor. I love his questions. But they're all shrouded and draped, oozing with simplicity. I love that. Maybe it's time for simplicity. You know, maybe it's time to put 12 different commentaries away and just hear from the Lord directly. Could be time for that. Maybe it's time, oh my gosh, I could get fired for this. It's time maybe for your screen time to decrease. The cell phone doesn't have to be an appendage that's a part of your body. You can leave it, watch this. This happened the other day, I did it and everything was fine. I left it in the car when I went into Slabtown to eat. Everything worked out. You know, 
I did not have to have an instantaneous update from over 195 countries around the world. Everybody in every country was fine until I got back to the car. I even picked up a few scores after the games were over. Hello, that's God moving. It's time to ask the Lord in prayer about outlandish mindsets and ask him for the mind of Christ. It's time to deify Christ and stop worshiping anyone else or anything else or any place else. Something to follow those words is so important. It's time to evaluate via the Holy Spirit who are the credible voices in your life Who are they? Are they too many? Are they in agreement with others? Are you hearing from God? It's time to further discern what's going on in your own life and the life of others in this world we live in. Maybe it's time to involve Jesus more in coming to our conclusions about things. Just a thought. I've never seen more people willing to die over their opinion of something, but within the same church, there's an equal amount of people with an opposite opinion, and everyone's heard from God. Never have figured that out. I think sometimes it's time to run our conclusions through him, not draw them apart from him. From my vantage point, somebody's not hearing from God. Maybe it's time to pursue the Holy Spirit like you've never pursued him before, that he would light on you like a dove, power you. Maybe it's time to take your ministry into the Isles of Ingalls, which I understand is really shaping up as a store. This is a move of God. Go over to Ingalls and shop and see the difference of the demeanor and the attitude of that place. Definitely time for that. We know it's a move of God if the prices begin to drop. (laughs) Maybe it's time to be wise like a serpent and gentle like a dove. It's time to deliver, it's time to act, it's time to stop talking. Maybe, oh gosh, yes. It's time for you to see yourself as the Lord sees you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That takes somebody who's got a little too high of an opinion down and a little too low of an opinion up. Maybe it's time for that. Some version thereof. It's time to love more, wait more patiently. Probably time to save, maybe time to pay off some debt, help somebody else out out of your abundance. It's always a time for that. It's time, it's time, it's time to birth something in this world riddled with death, criticism, divisiveness, despondency, and depression. Yeah, it's time. It's time for something positive and living and new and fresh. The verse goes on to say, and she brought forth her firstborn son. Wow, what a... (laughs) 
I remember the first time I saw our daughter, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so surreal. I can't even, this, does, this is like its own category. There's no category for this. There's no referencing something else that's anywhere close to this experience. What would Mary have thought when she saw Jesus? I don't even know what to do there. That's how first was he to her? He was first to her in order and sequence. I guess your firstborn always has a special place in your heart. Maybe you don't show favoritism, but you got to admit, the first one out is really, come on, something special there, right? Had to be special for her. Begs the question, is he first in my life too? Let me ask a different way, Gary. Gary, is Jesus ever second or third or eighth in your life? You see, if the, if the answer to that question is yes, yes, and yes, then the it's time question all of a sudden becomes a little easier to answer. It's time. She wrapped them in swaddling cloths, wrapped them in really a death cloth, an Egyptian burial cloth. You know those blankets they give you at the hospital, they're all the same color, the blue and the thing, got the stripe in them and whatnot? Well, these were all the same too. They, they were like a mummy. He'd wrap them up, you know. We wrap up babies so they don't, their fingernails don't scratch themselves or they, whatever. Well, they wrap babies up in like mummies, like death cloth, because in, in his case, well, my gosh, how prophetic was that? He came that he would die on behalf of the whole world. I mean, from the get-go, we get the, we get the, the foretaste of what's coming. What was he wrapped up in? He's wrapped up in his own death. Hey, what are you wrapped up in? And are you wrapped up in something a little too tight? And whatever it is you're wrapped up in, is it keeping him second, third, or eighth? Does it cost the sequence at all? Because there's nothing wrong with being wrapped up in something. There's nothing wrong with an interest and a passion and a vocation. But what's not right about it is the part where what you're wrapped up in sort of cost him the sequence. Think about that. Because if you think about that, then the it's time phrase becomes a little bit easier to answer in case it was too difficult at the first hearing. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, a feeding trough. Hey, what are you eating? What, is, what are your eyes digesting? What are you physically eating? Hey, what are you feeding other people? What are you allowing other people to eat? Is it bringing life or is it bringing death? What are you feeding your employees?
You are what you eat. That book in your, in your lap is called The Bread of Life. Are you becoming more like what you eat? Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. She laid him in a feeding trough. You see, if we understand what we're eating and what we're feeding others, the it's time question becomes a little bit more easy to answer when considering the possibilities because there was no room for them in the inn. Gotta love the innkeeper, huh? Full up. Didn't even know it. It was a holiday weekend. He didn't even know it. He was full up. Doing well. Graphs, projections, cash flow analysis, everything looking good. And along comes Jesus. See, you can, you can have a relationship with Christ that takes place in your head, between your ears. It can take place in time and space. It can be dedicated to learning and academic pursuits. But you got to answer this question. Is there room in your heart for him? Or is your heart cluttered? Is there room in your thought life for him? Or is your mind cluttered? You see, the it's time question becomes a little bit easier to answer after considering the in metaphor. You know, your it's time may actually end up being something totally different. May not at all be something you need to improve upon. It just may be something you need to enjoy even further. It's time. It's time for what, Lord? It's time to rest in my arms a little bit longer. It's time for me to hear you singing a little bit more often. It's time for a little bit more depth of love. It's time for you to enjoy yourself a little bit more and worry a little bit less. It's time for you to laugh a little bit more. It's time for you to be an eight-year-old more than you are a 68-year-old. It's time for you to lighten up because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's time for you to stop correcting other people. And you just might find I stop correcting you as well. It's time to stop controlling people. And you'll not see me as a controller as much either. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Man, it's time to give birth to something. Possibly painful. But having done so, there's going to be a new freshness, a new boyishness to it. Ladies have something on us. Many understand what it's like to carry something and present something. If you're not carrying something, and it's not seasoning and growing within you, a tragedy may occur. You might just find yourself living out your days with nothing really to present, to celebrate, and to enjoy. Ask for a burden. Ask for direction. It's time.
Maybe that's, maybe that's what it's time for. Maybe it's time to get pregnant with the possibilities of what your life looks like when we're a little bit more scriptural, sort of less man-ordained. Think on these things. It's time. If you needed a moment for someone to say it, I said it. It's time. Now the ball's in your court. Respond. Not to me. To him. And should you just allow this to just wash over you, bounce off your frontal lobe and move on, my prayer for you is that you're bothered by it. That you're troubled by it. I pray that you're troubled by the lack of an answer to a simple, fair question. And I pray it troubles you, stirs you. I have two new favorite words in the Bible this year. I pray it bestirs you until you get that answer. It's time. Think on this. Ponder. Mary had to ponder something in her heart. This whole thing she had to ponder in her heart. You just got ambushed. So let's start, start the pondering even now. Start to ponder the answer to that question. Talk with your husband or wife about it. But do come up with an answer because it's time. Amen. Let's think about that.